I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. It's important to have a why behind why you want to break up with your phone, a strong and clear reason why you want to intentionally spend less time on your phone or less time distracted by the apps on your phone. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder, in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA, business strategist, and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less. If you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. So today we're talking about how I broke up with my phone, which is part of my year of less challenge. So if you haven't already, I would encourage you to stop and go back a few weeks and listen to the episode that introduces my year of less challenge. And in that episode, I also recap my January challenge, which was dry January and giving up alcohol. So quick update on that. I've actually noticed you have to go back to that episode to get the full context for why I gave up alcohol for the month of January and what that looked like for me. But I have noticed that that has actually created a big change in my life because previous to doing that, I was having like two or three glasses of wine a week after dinner or just for fun at home on the weekend. And now in the month of February, so I'm recording this in March, so it's been a month since I finished that challenge. I've noticed that those boundaries have kind of stuck and I kind of built the habit of not drinking alcohol at home just for fun. And I only really drink when I go out to eat or if we're having dinner with friends or if there's like a social reason to drink. And I think that's really surprising to me. I kind of expected to do the challenge and treat it as an experiment and then go back to life as normal, but that didn't really happen. And I'm kind of excited about that because I also noticed, again, go back to that episode to hear the full story, but I definitely notice that my productivity dips on days after I have a drink, even if it's just one glass of wine, it does affect how productive and how much focus I have the next day. And so I've kind of eliminated that roadblock almost by accident, but not really because I did put a lot of intention into the year of less challenge and every single month this year, I'm doing less of something in order to increase my productivity and I'm treating it as an experiment. So yes, doing things that I know are scientifically proven to increase your productivity, but then giving my own spin on it and figuring out a way for it to work for me. And so obviously in February, the challenge was to break up with my phone, to spend less time 
scrolling, to spend less time connected and on a screen in general, specifically when it came to my phone. And this idea came up because I was talking to a group of women in business. I'm in a community called Empower Her. And I can link that if you're interested, if you're in the local area, but we meet twice a month and oftentimes we will do hot seats where we're just speaking about challenges that we're having in our business and kind of brainstorming solutions, kind of a mastermind style. We also have a monthly-ish speaker come in and share their expertise and start a conversation around a specific topic. But during a couple months ago, we were doing a hot seat meeting And I was talking about my podcast and kind of some of the episodes that I'd planned for this year. And I threw out this challenge and asked for feedback basically on what are your most significant productivity challenges as women in business. I just wanted to brainstorm some ideas of what I could talk about on the podcast this year. And around the table, the common theme was how do I not spend time getting distracted by my phone when I need to use my phone? to have Instagram or these other apps that allow me to actually grow and build my business. I feel like the advice that is most commonly given when it comes to breaking up with technology or setting boundaries is just to turn off your phone and not use it to set hard boundaries. But as a business owner, it's not as easy to set those boundaries because oftentimes if your business is built on social media, you are required to have access to your phone and it can be a very deep, dark hole as soon as you pick it up it's easy to get lost in because it is designed to be addictive. And so in the month of February, I gave myself the challenge of breaking up with my phone, knowing that I also have Instagram for my business. My business is not very heavily dependent on Instagram. I would say that it's more dependent on my evergreen content, like the podcast and my blog, my email list. But Instagram is a way to drive traffic to those other areas and to just chat with other business owners and build real relationships. I try to treat Instagram as a social platform and be as social as I can on there. So I wouldn't say that showing up less on Instagram has affected my business in any way, but I also don't want to give up Instagram completely. It is a genuinely useful tool for me to use for my business. And also more importantly, my coaching clients have Boxer Access, which is a voice messaging app on my phone. And so I can't just turn off my phone or put it in a box from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. because I have clients that have Boxer access. And so I do need to be checking those messages and responding to them during the day because they have Boxer access 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. But I can also do that in a way that intentionally prioritizes focused time for me to get my work done while also serving my clients. And so it took me a little bit. And I made a couple pivots throughout the month to make sure that I was setting good boundaries while also using my phone in the ways that it is useful and beneficial for me to use it for and necessary, honestly, to keep my business going. And so in this episode, I'm going to share a little bit more about how I broke up with my phone, things that I tried that worked and things that I tried that did not work and what has ended up working for me. Also, as a caveat, I already had really great boundaries in place for using my phone previously. Obviously, I'm obsessed with productivity and I think about these things and I'm learning about these things all the time. And so I would say that I entered this challenge on good terms with my phone. I was on the verge of breaking up with my phone and generally it wasn't a huge issue and I didn't find myself being too caught up in it, like not to the point where I would find myself scrolling for hours 
or I was so addicted that I couldn't turn off my phone on a Saturday or something like that. Like I couldn't leave my house without it. I would say that I was not addicted to my phone before starting the month. And I know that other people might be entering this challenge in a very different place. But I will say that having it be my main focus for the month of February to really intentionally think about how I could be even better at breaking up with my phone and putting really concrete boundaries on how I wanted to use it and how I did not want to use it. It was transformational still. Even though I was at a good place when I started, I feel like now I'm in a great place ending. And of course, there's always room for improvement. But I really like where I'm at right now. And I feel like it's a sustainable place for me to be at for my business and for my personal life. And so I'll share all about it. And if you have your own tips and tricks that you use to break up with your phone or set boundaries, I would love to hear them too. So feel free to connect with me on Instagram and I'll check it when I intentionally check Instagram and I will get back to you. But I would love to hear other ideas and strategies that you've tried in your own business as well. Things that have worked, things that haven't worked. And I'm happy to help you troubleshoot and give advice based on where you're at. But here is what has worked for me. So also, before I dive in, I did read a book connected to this. And I feel like any book that I read about productivity, there's at least one chapter that talks about technology and your phone and how it's changing your brain. There's really scary research out there showing that screen time can actually restructure the way that your brain works, including shrinking your gray matter, (laughs) which is bizarre and crazy and also scary when you think about it. But there are tangible side effects of being so connected to technology and spending so much time looking at a screen. And it does affect even in a subtle way, it could be subtle or it could be a major way in which it affects your business and your personal life and your relationships. So it's something to think seriously about as we're moving forward and thinking about what it looks like to have a healthy relationship with your phone. So any productivity book you pick up is probably going to teach you a little bit more about the effects of using your phone and what has changed in our society in terms of our ability to focus and get work done because of the changes in technology that have happened. Any book you pick up will tell you a little bit. But the book that I read last month was How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price, which was a very practical guide that gave very practical tips. And at the end, she has a 30-day challenge to breaking up with your phone. And so if you've never put any boundaries in place and want something really simple to follow, I would highly recommend that book. And I will link it in the show notes. If you go down to the show notes and click on the episode website, all the information and tips and tricks and links that you'll need to implement anything that I talk about in this episode will be there. And if you haven't started, like I said, this book would probably be a really great place to start. In the first half of the book, she talks about her own story and how she recognized that her phone was an issue in her life as a mother and how she found herself so distracted and addicted to her phone when she had a newborn. And that was her reason for discovering or trying to figure out how to break up with her phone and spend her time more intentionally in the way that she wanted to spend her time. And then she talks about the research around phone usage, the statistics of what's going on with our brains and with our focus when we're addicted to our phones. And then the second half of the book is her actual 30-day challenge, giving very practical advice week by week, things to think about, things to test out, and how to evaluate and move forward to breaking up with your phone. So I would highly recommend that. I got a few ideas from Catherine in that book, which I'll talk about. But the biggest takeaway 
that I loved from her book was that it's important to have a why behind why you want to break up with your phone, a strong and clear reason why you want to intentionally spend less time on your phone or less time distracted by the apps on your phone. And for me, I think that was an easy question to answer because I'd already thought a lot about this year of less challenge and the results that I wanted to see from it. And month after month, my why is kind of twofold. One, to really be intentional about doing less in order to get better results because that is my mantra. That's what this podcast is all about. That's what my coaching program is all about. How to get better results while simultaneously doing less. How to work smarter and not harder. And so each month is a deeper dive into a lot of the areas that I already know you can do to work smarter, not harder, but just to have the focused time to dig into them even deeper is extremely beneficial for me, but also extremely beneficial for everything that I do from working with clients to the podcast to everything else. So my why really is to experiment and learn more and get those results that I can share with you all. But also on a more personal level, of course, whenever you're thinking about doing less in order to achieve more, your why is like, what do you want to achieve more in? What are your goals? What are the things that you do want to focus on? And for Catherine, she talks a lot about spending time with her newborn initially when she's sharing her story and how she got into all of the research that she did in order to write that book. But for me, I shared in past episodes that one of my major goals this year is to read 100 books. And that's a stretch goal for me. It takes a lot of time to read 100 books. It's like seven to nine books on average each month if I want to reach that goal by the end of the year. And some of the books I'm reading are quite lengthy, so it does take up a lot of time. And I know that time that I spend distracted or sucked into technology also takes away from my free time, like nights and weekends. The amount of time that I spend scrolling Instagram is not very productive at all. I would rather spend that time reading and either reading books like How to Break Up with Your Phone, which I find deeply interesting and absorbing, or just reading for fun, fiction, whatever, because that also gets me closer to my goal. So in general, you might have different goals or a different why behind why you want to spend less time on your phone. Maybe that for you is spending more intentional time with your kids, or maybe for you it is taking full advantage of the time that you have to work during the day and not scrolling Instagram during those precious hours that you have set aside to work on your business But the most valuable thing I took away from her book is the way that she talked about her why and having a very clear reason for breaking up with your phone because it is really important to remind yourself of the end goal because the goal really isn't to just spend less time on your phone. That's not the end goal. Like why why do I want to spend less time on my phone? What other things do I want to do instead? And that's really true for any habit. If you just try to force yourself to stop a habit without having any idea of how you're going to replace that time or what you're going to do instead, it'll make it a lot harder for you to stop that bad habit. And of course, there's going to be a lot of other side effects that are positive that are good reasons why to break up your phone. Like I know that my mental health is going to be better. My mood is probably going to be better. My energy is going to be better because after a good scroll, I always feel depleted and like downcast. That's kind of a formal word, but I don't feel great after I spend a significant amount of time scrolling or getting caught up in advertising links and then going shopping and remembering that nobody has anything worth buying these days. 
If you guys have any good places that you shop at, let me know because for the life of me, I cannot find any stores that have anything that is not either too casual or too formal or both at the same time. Like there's some stores that are, it's like a blazer or a jumpsuit that looks professional, but it, it also has cutouts. So it's both too casual and too professional for every situation that I'd ever find myself in. So anyway, that is a complete tangent, but that is what it feels like when I get caught up on a social media scroll or on a Pinterest scroll. I just go down the deep black hole that never results in anything productive. But I find myself doing that a lot less often these days. And here is what I tried in the month of February. Want to find a better way to tackle your to-do list? I created the task batching workbook just for you, the busy business owner trying to stay on top of all the things in your business. This workbook will take you through my step-by-step process for batching my tasks so you can free up time, stress less, and say goodbye to the dozen sticky notes cluttering up your desktop. You can grab the workbook for free using the link in the show notes or visiting www.jadeboyd.co backslash task batching workbook. That's www.jadeboyd.co backslash task batching workbook. In just a few short minutes, you can make a plan to batch your tasks and schedule them in your calendar. Get started by heading to the show notes and grabbing your task batching workbook today. So the first thing I did is a complete declutter of my phone, deleting almost all of the apps, honestly. And it had already been pretty pared down before, but it had been a while since I went through and declutter and rearranged apps on my phone. So I did take the time to scroll through all of my apps and uninstall all of the ones that I didn't want on my phone, including some that I did. Most of the apps I deleted were apps that I didn't use very often or apps that I knew weren't super helpful and I didn't need to have, like Zillow, for for instance. If I get into a good Zillow scroll, that is a recipe for disaster. And I don't need to do that on my phone. I can do it on my desktop, which is a little bit less addicting and less portable. So I can't do that from anywhere. So Zillow was an easy app for me to decide to delete. And there's probably some of those easy apps that you can decide to delete too if you have access to them in other places and know that on your phone, they're only meant for distracting you from other things. But I also deleted my email app which was the most challenging app. And that actually came up several times last month. And I actually had to reinstall it on the very last day of the month because I was at the dentist office. We switched dentists. And the first time you go, they need your insurance and stuff. And I have an app on my phone for our insurance cards. We don't actually have physical cards. Our insurance is from my husband's company. He's a software developer. So it's very meta and a very techie company. And we don't have physical health insurance cards. It's all in an app. And so I could log into that app on my phone, but then it needed the two-step verification where it sent a code to my Gmail. And I had to open that on my phone, but I didn't have Gmail installed on my phone. So I had to sit in the waiting room and download the app so I could get the code and get my health insurance. So anyway, it failed on the very last day of the month, but I think I need to re-delete it because there were a couple other instances Like, for example, I'm planning my sister's baby shower. She's having her first baby in April. And so the shower is coming up this month. And we were in the car together. We were carpooling, going home for something last month. And she asked how many people had RSVP'd. And I looked at the Google form, but I couldn't log into Google Forms on my phone without doing this two-step verification for Google in my Gmail. And in that instance, I didn't download it. I just told her I'd tell her later and I made a note and I did it later. 
and that was fine. But there were enough of those instances throughout the month that it was really annoying for me to use my phone because I didn't have access to my email in a way that I wanted to that I reinstalled it. But I think I'm going to delete it again because I we went and got groceries last night and at checkout, Caleb was doing the checkout and I was just waiting for the grocer to bag the bags and they were a little bit slow. So I found myself scrolling my phone and I ended up on email. And then I saw an email about taxes that had just like this long list of questions that I needed to answer. And I started getting stressed about it. And I didn't need to be on my email in that instance. I could have just as easily sat and watched or helped the person bag my groceries. I could have done a million other more productive things than scroll email on my phone. And that was my default. And I think email is one of those apps that it can be really annoying to delete from your phone. But for me, I think there are more benefits to deleting it than drawbacks. And I can always reinstall it for those once a month things where it really is pretty inconvenient not to have it. But deleting it from my home screen is not enough to prevent me from opening that. I know that much. And on my home screen, I only have one group of apps. So my home screen is mostly blank. I have a background. I don't even know what my background is right now. And then one group of apps, and I think I have seven or eight apps in there, the apps that I really do want to be using on a daily basis. And those are things like my settings or Google Maps. Keep is where I keep random notes on my phone. I have Voxer, obviously, because I communicate with clients through Voxer and a couple of other apps, my camera and my photos. But all of the other apps like Instagram and the other apps that I need to have on my phone but don't necessarily want to be opening every time I use my phone, those are not on my home screen. And that in itself I found was really helpful in preventing me from using my phone because it became very inconvenient for me to check most things on my phone and I ended up having to go to my desktop instead. And for most of those instances, it was things that I really didn't need to check anyway. And so I just didn't do them. And that freed up so much time for me to spend the way that I wanted to instead of getting caught up scrolling my phone. Okay, another thing that was helpful from the book is that Catherine recommended having a bedtime for your phone and plugging it in away from your bedroom so that it's not the first thing that you pick up in the morning. And I was already doing that. I It's still in my bedroom, but it's across the room on a bookshelf in our bedroom. And that's where I plug in my phone. And so instead of waiting until I go to bed to plug it in, I was just plugging it in right at 5 p.m. because I know myself. And when my clients message me on Voxer, not that I couldn't turn off notifications anyway, but I want to respond to those messages right away or I'll find myself listening to them. If we're like at home not doing anything, why not check messages? But I think I want to have healthy boundaries in place and I want to have that time set aside for me to read, like I said, in the evening and not work, to take a true break and restore so that the next day I'm able to give it my all during the hours that I do have set aside to work on my business and serving my clients. And so I set my bedtime for my phone around 5 p.m. because I plug it in on the bookshelf at that time. But also I set up a downtime. So I'm not sure if you have an Android, if this is a possible thing, but on Apple phones, on iPhones, you can set a downtime where all of your apps basically become unusable. So effectively setting a bedtime and a wake up time for your phone. And I set that for 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. 
because we go to bed around like 9.30-ish. So I know that I want to shut it off before I go to bed so that if I pick it up, all my apps are kind of like grayed out. And when I click on them, it says you've exceeded your time limit for the day. So similar to if you just set a time limit on any given app, but it just does it for your entire phone and you can make exceptions to that if you want to. I think my exceptions are like text messages or notifications from Caleb, obviously, and a couple of family members in case of emergency. But overall, from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m., my phone is pretty much worthless. Even this morning, it was like 7.40 and I tried to log in early for work and it sets the limits on both my phone and my laptop because they're connected with my iCloud account and you can set it differently if you want to, I think, but I wanted to set it for both. And even logging on this morning, it's Monday, so I was gonna do my Monday client check-ins a little bit early before 8 a.m. And I could not open Chrome, like I couldn't get my browser open. In the past, when I've tried to get in earlier, if my browser was left open from the previous day, I can click the button to ignore the limit. But because it wasn't open over the weekend, when I tried to go in early this morning, it, the browser wouldn't launch at all. And so I couldn't start my work until 8 a.m., which again is inconvenient, but in it's inconvenient in a way that I decided for it to be inconvenient. So instead of logging in early to work, I went around my house and like tidied up a few more things, put away some laundry, did some tasky stuff before 8 a.m. And I spent those 20 minutes differently than I would have if I hadn't had set those boundaries. But generally from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at night, my phone is usable if I want to pick it up and text somebody or do something on my phone that I need to do. But in general, it's plugged in. And so I don't take my phone away from the bookshelf. I don't carry it downstairs with me and sit on the couch with it. I leave it on the bookshelf. And if I need to use it for something, I use it standing there and then I leave. So I don't get caught up scrolling at night either. And then at 9 p.m., of course, everything shuts down and I don't. Sometimes I'm, I think I'm still trying to break this habit, but before going to bed, I'll pick up my phone to see if there's any notifications. And oftentimes I'm going to bed after 9 p.m. So I'll pick it up and it's completely worthless. Everything's grayed out. There's no notifications, no bells, no flags. And I'll just remind myself like, oh yeah, it's a terrible idea to check your phone right before you go to bed because my mind would just start spinning with like the things that I need to do next, which is not the mind space that I wanna be in when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And so it has been really helpful in setting that boundary too. So number two, setting a bedtime for my phone and turning on downtime so that I can't access my phone when it is in bed. Something that I set up previously and I still have set up and is helpful is do not disturb for work mode. And so I already had the automation between 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to not give me any notifications unless it was Voxer messages or a text from Caleb or a couple of family members again. So things that are really important or Voxer are really the only things that I want interrupting me or I want to get notifications for during the day when I'm focused on other things in my business. And so if you have an iPhone, again, on Android, I'm not sure what that might look like, but on iPhone, you can go to your do not disturb mode and it has different settings. And one of them is called work and you can kind of customize the hours and what notifications you want to allow during those times. And so from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, I already eliminate the distractions that I don't want to receive. Like I do not want to get Instagram notifications. Even if I post that day, if people are commenting, I generally know when my posts are scheduled and I can always go in and engage with people on the desktop. Like I don't need to do that on my phone and I definitely don't need notifications interrupting me when I'm trying to do something else. And so 
in general, eliminating as many notifications as possible and only getting the ones that you want to receive when you want to receive them is super helpful. And do not disturb or work mode is something that I found really helpful in the past. And I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. It also syncs across devices too. And so if you've ever been in a Zoom meeting and then your laptop has had that ding notification that interrupted your Zoom meeting, that also does not happen for me because I have no text notifications set up during the day. And so when I'm in work mode, those notifications do not pop up on my laptop either, which is great. So in general, those have been the things that have been most helpful for me. But again, if you pick up any productivity book, they're going to say something and have suggestions about technology and setting boundaries and how to break up with your phone. That book that I mentioned also has a lot more suggestions that you can use. But in general, those were the top things that I found the most helpful in going deep and really eliminating the bulk of the distractions. But up until this point, we really haven't talked about Instagram. So in the past, before this challenge, I, for the longest time, have had a like app limiter, a time limit set up on Instagram on my phone so that if I spent more than 30 minutes on it on any given day, when I opened the app, it would say, you've exceeded your time limit for the day. And then it has a button where you can ignore that for 15 minutes or ignore it for the rest of the day. And over time, what I've noticed is that it just stopped working. Even when I opened the app and it had that notification, I got in the habit of clicking ignore for 15 minutes. And so it really was not doing anything for me until the end of the day. And maybe you've had a similar experience where you've tried to set up an app limit for Instagram or some other app that you find yourself opening over and over again. And then you just get in the habit of clicking ignore and then it doesn't really work anymore. So this month I decided to delete it from my home screen again I used to be in a group of like business apps on my phone and I removed it from the home screen. So then I had to go to the search function and search for Instagram and open it. And that still wasn't working. Halfway through the month, I still noticed that I was going to find it out of habit, not even thinking about it and opening the app. And my time spent on Instagram was not decreasing. It is so addictive, you guys. So if you are struggling to set boundaries with social media, know that everything is working against you and it's not anything that is your fault or something that's wrong with you. It is an addictive app and it is genuinely hard to set boundaries because it's designed to be addictive. It's designed to make you want to open it. It's designed to give you dopamine hits that physically make you addicted to opening it and getting notifications. And so if it's hard for you, no shame. It's hard for everybody. And for me, when I tried to take it off my home screen, when I tried to set the time limit, it just was not working. So halfway through the month, I did a little bit more research in like, how do I stop this from happening? How do I stop opening Instagram during the day when I don't want to? And I found an app called One Sec. And this has worked like a charm for me. It's about three weeks into using it and it's still working really, really well. But OneSec is basically another app that you can install and you can connect it and set up an automation so that anytime you open Instagram or whatever app is your dopamine addiction of choice, it will instead direct you to a OneSec app. And it has this really calming feature where it tells you to take a breath. And then there's a slider that goes all the way from the bottom of your phone to the top of the phone and back down again. So when I click Instagram, instead of the Instagram app opening, instead one sec launches and it delays my ability to open Instagram by six seconds. 
six seconds, but it's enough time for me to decide if I actually want to spend time on Instagram or not. So it's not a matter of just clicking a button and skipping the time delay. But every time I open Instagram, whether I've spent 30 minutes on it or not, one sec will launch and it has a really calming feature, which has this slider that drags from the bottom of my phone to the top of the phone really slowly and then back down again. Really, it probably takes three seconds, but it feels really slow and it says time to take a breath. And then it shows you how many times you've attempted to open the app within the last 24 hours and how many times you have opened the app within the last 24 hours. And then it asks you, do you want to open Instagram? Or you can choose, I do not want to open Instagram. And most times, honestly, if I find myself mindlessly opening it and then it goes to the breath thing, I decide like, oh yeah, what what am I doing? I have no reason to check this right now and I'll just close it because I don't want to wait. And if I do want to use it, oftentimes if I'm trying to check it when I'm at my desktop, I have my laptop open anyway. And so if there's something I am intentionally trying to check, like if I know somebody messaged me or something like that, or if I want to see if anybody has messaged me, I'll check on the desktop instead. And guys, the desktop version of Instagram is a lot less addicting than the mobile version. And so that has significantly helped. It really does allow me to go into Instagram and check what I want to check and then leave. Like if I'm checking, oh, this was scheduled to post, it said it posted, I should go check it and see if anybody's commented. I'll do that on my desktop instead. And that has been super helpful too. So one sec, you can get it on Apple. I think they have an Android version as well, and it has a really good tutorial for how to set it up, and you can put it on any app that you find yourself addicted to or checking repeatedly, even though you don't want to each day. And that has been super helpful, and it's honestly just eliminated the problem of spending too much time on Instagram for me. Also, they have a study on their website, and one sec does. They say, our study with the University of Heidelberg and Max Planck Institute detected a reduction of social media usage by 57% thanks to one sec. And so it's worth trying. I have the free version. There's a paid version that allows you to do some other things. And I will say that it adds a lot of friction. Like I cannot go in and add something to my Instagram stories. If I wanna share a post to my Instagram stories, I need to do that on my phone. But if I wanna change the background color, then I have to pull an image from my phone. So I have to leave the the app and go back to change the background color. And then I have to wait for the breath again. And so in some instances, it does make it really inconvenient to use Instagram on my phone, but I want it to be inconvenient to use Instagram on my phone because it forces me to use it really intentionally. And at the end of the day, it's only six seconds And how many times do I actually need or want to be on Instagram each day? Probably once or twice, and that is enough. And so that's 12 seconds of my day versus all of the time that it prevents me from using Instagram when I don't want to use it. So overall, it feels really inconvenient, but I see that as a good thing because it's supposed to make it inconvenient. So overall, throughout the month of February, I feel like I made a lot of progress. Like I said, even though I had okay boundaries with my phone before that, I feel like I have really good boundaries in place now and I don't feel addicted to my phone. I don't pick up my phone nearly as often as I used to. And I've also dramatically decreased the amount of time that I scroll on my phone each day. And I've stayed within my Instagram limit. On average now for the last few weeks, my average time spent on Instagram has actually been less than 30 minutes a day, which is amazing. And it's still maybe not as little time as I want to spend eventually. But again, I use it for business. And most of the time that I'm in there, I'm not scrolling. I'm actually 
commenting on things or engaging with people or answering messages or checking that something posted correctly or sharing something to my stories, the things that are productive. And so overall, I feel like it's kind of solved my problem and I'm really happy with where things are at after doing this monthly challenge. One downside of giving up Instagram or I say breaking up with my phone, I think Gmail and Instagram are probably the main offenders and what I was really breaking up with during the month of February. But overall, the the major downside that I've seen is that, especially as a business owner, Instagram is a social app and I have genuine relationships with other business owners and I want to be their cheerleader and supporter and I want to you know, be engaging and be a good friend on Instagram. And I have noticed that I feel a lot more guilty when my Insta friends are sharing my content and giving me a shout out and, you know, posting my stuff to their stories and tagging me and going in and realizing that I haven't had the time to do that for as many other people, because again, I'm not scrolling. So I don't see a lot of the content that other people are sharing and I'm not able to support other people as much as I did previously. And part of me feels a little bit guilty. Like I should be spending more time showing up and supporting other business owners and sharing more of their content and commenting more on their posts as well. But overall, there's only so much that I can do and I don't have time to do everything. And so I know that I wouldn't be able to do that without getting caught in a rabbit hole. And also looking back, like how how much time did I actually spend doing those things even when I was spending more time on Instagram? Spending more time on Instagram did not necessarily mean that I was spending more time supporting other women in business either. And so again, it comes back to identifying what's important and eliminating everything that gets in the way of it. And Instagram is one of those things that was getting in the way of me showing up and completing some projects in my business that I really did need to focus on with undistracted time. And now I can say that the number one app that I spend time on in my phone is Voxer. And so I am spending my time where I want to spend it in a way that is really productive and beneficial for myself and others. And so overall, at the end of the month, looking at my analytics and how I spent my screen time and time on my phone specifically, I'm pretty content with where I'm at. Do I have room to grow? Yes. And I'm happy in the future. I'm sure that I'll show up with more tips and tricks in the future of changes that I make in order to solve problems that I see come up later on. But overall, this experiment has been a really positive one. And just like January, I'm really surprised at how helpful it was. Going into January, I didn't think the dry January challenge would be super helpful and it ended up being extremely helpful. And in February, same thing. I was like, well, I already have an okay relationship with my phone. This will just be like a little bit helpful. But in general, it was extremely helpful. And even the one thing of discovering the OneSec app, that has changed the game in terms of setting good boundaries with my phone and a couple other changes I made that I mentioned, like those were huge things that I probably wouldn't have felt the urgency to change if I hadn't set aside time to do that specific challenge during the month of February and really focus on it. So overall, the first two months of this Year of Less Challenge have been great, and I hope that you're enjoying these episodes as well. Make sure if you're not already subscribed that you hit subscribe because I will be coming to you with one of these episodes every month for the rest of the year and sharing my experiments, what I learned, what I tried, what worked, what didn't work. And so every month for the rest of the year, you'll have another episode like this. So I will see you next month. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. 
Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode, because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. And if you want more business minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadeboyd.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building, one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.